This is Eden Sunshine and welcome to the webinar. We're gonna be talking about to stop winging it. What in the world is that? And most importantly, how to successfully build a systems-driven business. Good afternoon or good morning, everyone, depending on where you are today. I'm really excited to be um, having this conversation with you and as Courtney, or as, um, as Chelsea suggests, well, I, I, there is a Courtney here. I saw that name, so I'm not just completely going off <laughs> out of the blue, but uh, as Chelsea suggests, I'd love to have a conversation. And I was at an event years ago uh, with a fantastic speaker and, and afterwards, uh, and then I spoke at the event and afterwards I asked him for some feedback and he said, he said, you know, you're always going to come in with a subject, but the way things roll today is you want to find out precisely what the audience wants to talk about. They may have come because of the title and some uh, sense of interest in that. And the reason I'm prompting you and Chelsea's prompting you to engage by using the chat is I really would like to find out what it is that appealed to you today in terms of um, our subject matter, which is stop winging and how to successfully build a systems-driven business. I am greatly encouraged, by the way, that so many people signed up for this um, event based on this idea of becoming systems driven <clears throat> because I wasn't quite sure the subject was as popular as it is. But the reality over the last 20 years, 22 years that I've been working with businesses and helping them create systems within their organizations, I find that people are actually very, very interested in it, but there's some massive misunderstandings of what it really is. And I'm hoping to address that today. But if you're starting to get some ideas about some questions, that uh, um, you're, you have about what I'm gonna be talking about today, feel free to start putting those in the chat so we can make sure we can address those. The question I am gonna answer, whether it's in the chat or not, which maybe some of you are here for this very reason, that's to find out if Eden Sunshine really is my name. It is my name. And uh, uh, somebody said one time, uh, well, that surely would be creative if you come up with that on your own. I'm, I said, I'm not that creative. Uh, but Eden Sunshine really is my name. I am working out of my home today. Those are those two lights in the background that Chelsea noticed. Uh, I do uh, have three dogs in the house and you know it's really, really difficult to control them when somebody walks by the front yard. So if you start to hear some dog, uh, dogs barking in the background, I'll keep going forward with it. But it just in full disclosure, that's it's possible that might happen. So Eden Sunshine is my name. Um, and let's see here, let's click that, yes. I'm the founder of the Level 7 system and I've been working with small businesses, small and medium-sized businesses for about 22 years now. Um, I've resolved that my legacy is to uh, support and building, uh, helping people build extraordinary businesses that effectively and powerfully empower people to have great lives, love their work and accomplish amazing results. More specifically, I'm on a mission to help a thousand businesses become systems driven this year. So I've got a big mission ahead of me. I'm hoping some of you might be a part of satisfying that mission, not for my own benefit, but for your benefit. And, and hopefully you'll see why today that becoming systems driven is one of the most powerful approaches to business development that I've ever experienced in my life. Um, I have been uh, referred to over the last 20, 22 years as the systems guy. Um, I've resisted that title for 22 years. I was hoping that I would be labeled with something 
much cooler, much sexier sounding, but I come to a conclusion at the beginning of this year that I am the systems guy. You'll see that on my website when you get there. It says, yeah, okay, I am the systems guy. And when I share that with some of the people I've worked with over the last few years or the last 20 years that I've come to this conclusion that I'm the systems guy, they look at me and kind of go, duh, of course you're the systems guy. You're the guy that knows all about that. And it's what people associate me to. So I want to just kind of lay out the uh, topic today. We are going to be talking about the power of being systems driven. And a little bit later, I'm going to tell you a story about just how impactful one business um, or the impact that it, this process had on one particular business to illustrate the benefit of it. We're also going to be talking a little bit about your systems and how it relates to your people. Um, we found that this is a really hot topic right now, especially for businesses that are employing people and some of the difficulties that we're having, they're finding the right people, um, keeping the right people. There's this great resignation that we're experiencing in the U U.S. now. And um, so I can explain a little bit about how the systems-driven approach can address some of those challenges. And then I'm going to get into some meat and potatoes about the steps in becoming systems-driven. And again, in full disclosure, just that subject alone, some of the items I'm going to be talking about could constitute their own webinar or talk on its own. So I'm gonna cover a lot of information. I'm hoping that you're gonna take some notes, but I wanna go back to the, the question that we were prompting you with in the very beginning. And I don't know if some of you have, have made some notes in the chat already, but what attracted you to being here today? Why are you here? What questions do you have? What precisely do you wanna hear about? Cause I wanna make sure I can address those. So I'm gonna give you a moment um, to put that into the chat. If there's something there already, Chelsea, um, let me know what people have said, but I'm going to give you guys a minute. Uh, let's see here. It looks like Mindy, I'm building my policies and procedures and training for a salesperson. I need a system. Okay, good. Marissa's in tech and she loves seeing system, seeing processes as systems and loves everything systems related. Mm -hmm. um, Alessandro said they're looking... They're looking to have systems well documented so that they can eventually franchise. That's a big deal. Eric said duplicating systems is key to success in his opinion. Um, and Alessandra also said have the business work turnkey. Yeah. So definitely yeah. important things to think about as you're at lots of thoughts around growing, growing businesses. Awesome. Awesome. So I hope that I can answer some of those questions. Uh, let's see. Uh, Maurice says I'm a systems guy, but looking more to apply systems to business. Okay. And then Eric, I appreciate what you said because I totally agree with you. I think systems are the one number one most important thing that you can possibly do in a business. So yeah. uh, any more? Go ahead. Yeah, we just had two more pop in. So I want to make sure we capture them. Michelle said streamline processes. So it's more uh, more business, less, less me. And Deanna said, um, have a virtual business and need a successful system to scale. So I think we got lots of things to talk about. Right. So you may have some questions as we go through this, feel free to pop those into the chat and certainly we'll open up the, the, uh, the webinar for questions and uh, at the end as well. Uh, see systems are often resisted. How do you actually get people to put them in place, keep them current and keep doing them? That's a great question. Uh, looks at, um, was that Darren? I think I asked that question. Great question. I think I'm gonna address that a little bit today as well. And, uh, and, and I'm glad you're here for that reason because there is some confusion about 
um, what it means to become a system-driven business. So why don't we get into it? So businesses struggle. And in the 22 years that I've been in business, um, and, I, and I'm not going to get into my story, but it's remarkable to me the number of people that I've met over the years that have been struggling in their businesses. And I would contend that if you, um, if you put 100 business owners together and you ask them this question, what does it take to have a successful business? You're probably going to get 100 or 100 different answers or 100 answers that may sound somewhat similar and somewhat different. And you're going to hear somebody say, well, you got to manage your finances well. You've got to hire the right people. You've got to deliver a meaningful product and service. You've got to market it well. You've got to have good sales procedures or sales um, closing and, and conversion. You've got to um, uh, con continue to develop. You, there's, there's so many different things that people will tell you. And it, at the end of the day, they're all right. In a way, all of these things are fundamentally important to a business. And so it's very, very hard to wrap your mind around doing all of those things very, very well, but they're important. And at the end of the day, one of the things that I've concluded and discovered is simply this, that no matter how smart somebody is, how well-educated, work with Harvard or MBAs from Ivy League schools, uh, how educated they are, their previous experience, their background, their work ethic, their persistence, regardless of all of that, I've come to a very simple conclusion that most businesses and most business owners are just winging it when it comes to how to go about building a productive, effective, scalable, sustainable enterprise that has some semblance of certainty of its continued existence. We don't want to admit it because our pride gets in the way but I will tell you firsthand, before I made this discovery 22 years ago about what it takes to build a successful organization, I never want to admit that I woke up every morning and I was just trying to figure it all out. And I didn't want everybody to know. I mean, I did what I kind of did. I did what I thought I needed to do. And, and the truth is the same for most people. And you're probably, many of you are shaking your head right now. Or, or, or maybe you just don't want to hear it, but most of you can probably relate to what I'm saying that you just come in and you go, I hope I don't screw this thing up. And we have varying degrees of success. Thank you, 100% true. You're right. And so we, we just don't want to screw it up, but we do want to create this assemblance of some certainty in the way we're approaching it. I mean, nobody gets into business and go, I'm going to do this and, and hope that I mess it up. They do it because they want to win. They want to succeed. They have a purpose. They have a vision. They have a passion for doing something, creating something. That's what I love about entrepreneurs. And that's what I love about business people. I mean, we're the unsung heroes of this world. I love our first responders. I love our military. I love the people. I, I love all these people that put them on the front lines. But you know what? Entrepreneurs and business owners put themselves on the front line every day, right? They, they, put, they mortgage their homes. They're, they're borrowing money. They're, they're going to work to create jobs and something meaningful to people. And I think it's important that we're taking care of these people, taking care of you. And so, I, so through my own experience and my own failures prior to this discovery, recognizing that I was winging it as well and seeing so many other people doing it, I said, I've got to come up with 
a solution. I've got to come up with an answer that can make this process of creating the businesses that you envision and that you want to create be one that will align with reality. You know, some of you talked about franchising. Some of you talked about growing your business and hiring people and all, all that already. And so how do we navigate through that? Now, I love simplicity. And Albert Einstein said something like, I'm going to paraphrase a quote. He said that any fool can make something complex, but it takes real genius to make something simple. Now, I'm not necessarily genius. I would not aspire to that. I just happened to come upon this years ago and recognize that this really does make sense, this idea. So I don't want you to discount the simplicity of what I'm going to share with you. And I think some of you already get a sense of it already just from your comments. But the reality is this. And this is what it comes down to. And if you can grasp this, and I'm going to break it down a little bit because I don't want to gloss over this because this is a game changer. I had a text message go back and forth with one of my previous clients that I worked with 15 years ago. And we were just chatting back and forth. And he says, Eden, what you shared with me around this subject that I'm going to share with you right now is I'm still reminded of it every day. And what it comes down to is this that the key to building a successful business is dependent on the quality of your systems. And if you want to improve your business, you have to improve your systems. Now, I wanna break it down just a little bit so you understand what a system is. And again, in the attempt uh, or, or, or what I've seen in this, you know, with people that talk about this is they make this overly complex. They say, well, what's the difference between a system and a procedure? What's the system be, you know, between a, a you know, action plan and a system and a procedure and, you know, and all that? It, 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 within the context of our conversation, a system is anything that we've created that's intended to produce a consistent, predictable result. So it could be an action plan, a series of steps that say, step one, do this, like a recipe, step two, do this. And every step is actionable. Go here, do this, click here, start with this, contact this person. It's all very actionable. It could also be a policy. A policy is not actionable per se, but it's written in a way that creates a predictable result. Our policy for the, our dress code should be clearly um, written and so people can say, okay, I understand and you can get the result that you want from that. So that's what a system is within the context of our conversation. By the way, technology is a system. Many of you have websites, you're using databases, you're using CRMs, you're using proprietary software. All of that technology that you're using is a system which is intended to produce a specific result. And the quality of your systems are going to bear down on the quality of your business. When something is not working in your business, it's because you have a broken system. Let me say that again. When something is not working in your business or creating a frustration or you're not getting the result you want, it comes down to the quality of your system. Your system is not working. Some of you are frustrated because you can't hire the right people. You have a systems problem. 
Some of you are frustrated because you don't have cash flow. You have a system problem around cash flow. Some of you are frustrated because you can't get enough leads into your business. You have a lead generation system problem. Some of you can't get office supplies ordered correctly into your business because you have a system problem. And so all of a sudden, we start to make a shift from how are we going to make this business work from, well, I got to run over here and fix this, and I've got to go run over here and fix this. We start to put our energy into fo and focus into creating a meaningful, powerful system. Uh, let's see, could you actually substitute infrastructure for system? Sure. Could you accurately substitute the word infrastructure for system? I think so. I, you may have to clarify that a little bit, Courtney, what you mean by that question. So, so we begin with shifting our, our thought process that the key to the success in the business is depend on the quality of your systems, which means that if you want to improve your business, you, want to, you need to improve your systems. So the quality of your business, the quality of the results you're getting are dependent on your quality of your systems. And we begin to make a shift in the way we think about growing our business to saying the effort to grow our business comes down to continually identifying and building the best possible system to produce the ideal result. When something breaks, we fix the, fix the system. If something is not working, we find the system to make it work. Now, there is a big difference within an organization between having systems and being systems driven. And what I've observed over, over 22 years, and I, I'll never forget about 16, 17 years ago, I got invited to speak at a conference. There were about 700 people there. And um, I was waiting in the green room and um, a group of people were in there and, and a handful came up to me, oh, what are you gonna be talking about? I said, well, I'm gonna be talking about creating a systems-driven business and integrating a culture into that. And it was really quite remarkable. They all wanted to sit at the guru's feet and listen to me talk about building systems. And again, like I said earlier, I didn't realize how popular subject was, but it has been a popular subject. Like everybody says, you've got to have systems in a business if you want to create a great business, but nobody really understood fully what that meant. And what ended up happening is we started to see if there was any action at all taken, what we started to see people do is they started to say, well, we're going to document how we do what we do here. Or we're going to order some systems or procedures or a, or a uh, online uh, operations manual from a company that does something like we do. And so we'll have systems. And what ended up happening in the best case in those days, and even to this day, is you have three ring binders sitting on a collecting dust because there is a massive disconnect between the idea of having systems and being systems driven. So systems driven means that, going back to what I said earlier, that you're continually engaging in the process of utilization of your systems and improving those systems and so that you can get optimal results 
all the time. So let me show you what this means precisely. It means installing what I call the systems development cycle. So I want, you, I want to step back just for a second, just confirm, and you can put in the chat if this makes sense to you. Just confirm that there's a fundamental, that you understand that there has to be a fundamental shift in the way the business thinks about growing its business. This becomes, let's call it the methodology, the, the philosophy or the way or the manifesto for how we're going to grow a business. You walk in tomorrow and say, okay, guys, for now on, we understand that in order to make this business work, we have to become systems driven. And every result that we're getting is dependent on the quality of our systems. And that's how we're going to grow and scale this business. So I want to hear from you just a yes or no in the box, whether or not that notion, that fundamental thought process makes sense to you at this point. Because going forward, it'll be really hard. Lots of yeses. Everyone is on board, Eden. Yes, Good. yes, yes, awesome. yes, yes. Okay. Good. Now, I will tell you it's scary as hell because we're so used to doing it a certain way, you know? But it's, but like I said, sometimes we want to hang on to, you know, complexity. Like it has to be more challenging than this. It's really not. It really can be quite fabulous and it can really be quite liberating. Okay. So the first step in the system development cycle is the documentation of your systems. And what that means is this, it means engaging your people in the organization. There's lots of different strategies. And we'll talk a little bit about this in a moment, but engaging your entire organization and perhaps even bringing somebody in like someone like myself, or there's other people out there that are that have some expertise in documenting systems, bring somebody into your organization that can help you with this process. And I'm not saying do it for you, I'm saying take what you're currently doing and start with a baseline and get all of the systems documented in your business. How you attract a lead, how you convert that lead, how you deliver your product and service and all the intricacies of that, how you do your billing, how you collect, how you pay your bills, how you do your payroll, how you answer your telephones. It's all gets documented. And I will tell you, and I'm just gonna be full disclosure, this is the most challenging part of the process. And I'll tell you why. Been doing this for 22 years and I'm, I'm, I'm opening up the kimono. Oh, that sounds really weird. But I'm, I'm, I'm unlocking the vault and I'm giving you the secrets that I've discovered over 22 years. And that is, no matter what size your business is and where you are in your growth track and in your maturity of your business, as soon as you come in and say, we're going to take on this project of documenting systems, we're going to bump in with a reality. And the reality is this, you're still doing business. You're still answering the phones. You're still meeting with clients. You're still delivering your product and service. You're still paying the bills. You're still doing all this stuff. And then we pile on this project of getting your systems documented and you're gonna bump into that. And that's the biggest challenge people have had with going through this process is bumping into it. And we've got a great system for moving people forward through that process. But we have to understand that you have to take this on as a project with a specific timeline and a plan behind it in order to get the systems documented. And I always challenge my clients to do it as quickly as possible 90 days, 120 days, 
to get this foundational part of the process done first. Now, if you stop there and that's all you did, don't do it. If this is as far as you'll go with the process, don't waste your time. Don't waste your money. Don't waste your effort if you're not going to take it to the next level. And what does that mean, taking it tech to the next level? It means creating a cycle of activity. And this is what we call the system development cycle, as I mentioned before. And it's the differentiator between being systems driven and just having systems. If you just document your systems and you say, hey, we got systems documented and they're on the server on the S drive here or on Google Docs, or we subscribe to this program where you can access them. If that's as far as you've gotten, just stop, stop. You have to implement what we call the evaluation process. Now, let me explain what that means. There's, there's two instances in a systems-driven business where you're going to say, we have a systems problem. And it's when something breaks. It's when you're not getting a result. So let's say I document a system for um, a, uh, generating leads via our website. And all of a sudden, our numbers drop from 15 leads a day to two leads a day. We would stop and say, we have a systems problem. We need to intervene today to fix this notable issue that's happening. So we're gonna go back and we're going to look at the system, evaluate it carefully and identify where the breakdown is. And we're gonna do some innovation to get that system back up and running to the degree that it needs to be. Now, you're also going to have systems in your business that seem to be running fine and not attracting your attention, like ordering office supplies. But believe it or not, ordering office supplies today and getting office supplies into your business today is very different than it was seven years ago or five years ago. Nobody orders goes to the office supply store. They order them online. So there's an evolution of a system and we're going to assume that doing that has created more efficiency, maybe save money, make sure that we're not running out of supplies, I happened to be at a client the other day and they were out of paper towels. Somebody had to run over to Costco to get paper towels. They're still using an antiquated system that we're working on. So every system that you have in your business is going to go through an evaluation cycle on a, on, on a regular schedule. It might be once a year, maybe once every two years, depending on the importance of the system to your business. It might be every six months. And that becomes the second part of the three-legged stool of the system development cycle. You've got to have an evaluation process in place, a way of scoring the quality of your system. So I want, I want to play this out just a little bit for you in some detail. So, and I'll touch on this again a little bit later. So let's say you have a hundred systems. Let's say you have 120 systems in your business. You don't want to necessarily do evaluation of every system or all the system uh, every um, once a year. You will break it up to do 10 evaluations or 10 systems per month. And as you go through that, you're going to, based on the scoring system that we've created, you're going to identify which ones are not performing well. 
And which ones should we leave alone? And you might identify that maybe 20%, maybe out of the uh, 10 systems, you're gonna innovate two of them. And that's where the third leg of the, of the system development cycle comes in, is to innovate the systems that need to be innovated. Then the system gets innovated, gets redocumented, gets retrained to the people that are responsible to operate it, and that cycle keeps going. So two things have fundamentally happened now. You've changed your mindset, hopefully, most of you agreed, that we need to start thinking about the key to success of our business is depend on the quality of our system. And in order to create a great business, you've got to continually improve your systems. And the meat and potatoes, the fundamental activity behind all of that is this process here that I just described, the system development cycle. Documenting your systems, periodically evaluating those systems, innovating those systems that are broken or not performing well or could be performing better, and then redeveloping those systems. So I wanna stop just for a second. I wanna see if anybody has any questions. Chelsea, do you have anything that maybe I missed so far that you need some clarification? I'm gonna take a quick drink and then I'll come back to the next part of the uh, conversation. Yeah, I don't have any questions in the chat. If you have a question and you want to put them, put it in the chat, feel free to do so right now. And we'll take a, a quick little pause. Um, also, Eden, I feel like you're speaking my love language right now. I, I love systems and operations. Um, so <laughs> Brian just asked, could you please repeat the number of systems? Um, I think, I'm, I don't know. Uh, Brian asked, did you say 10 or... I'm oh, not sure, Brian, if you number wanna... of systems, it varies from business to business. And I'll talk a little bit about how you would identify that in a moment. Awesome. And then maybe you'll address this too in a second. Um, Alessandra asked, uh, what would the rule of thumb be for the evaluation frequency? About once a year. Evaluation. Cool. But if you have some, so again, I don't want to get up onto a rabbit trail, but I want to ask, answer the questions that are relevant to you. Um, every system in your business it has a degree of importance to it. And if it, if it isn't important, like if it's not producing a result, and, and the other thing that we recognize is that there's an interdependency, there's, there's something holistic about a systems-driven business. And as you start developing your systems, you start to see there's a flow to it. In fact, one of the very first steps that I go through with, with many of my businesses and I'll, that I work with is, let's talk about your fulfillment process. Like the moment a client says, or a customer says, I want to do business with you. And it depends on the type of business you're in. This may be more, more or less relevant to some businesses, or it might be what's your sales process. And we flow chart that out and you start to see the interconnection between things. So my, my point is that every system has some relevance to your business, but some are going to have a more fundamental impact on your revenue, your client experience or your customer experience, maybe your employee experience, and, and, and it's more timely and relevant in the moment. So again, I, I, I'm probably, just for the sake of conversation, going to weigh my lead generation system above my ordering office supply system just by looking at which would have a greater impact on my business if one was broken or the, over the other. So to answer your question, uh, Alessandro, 
If you have a system that has a super, super high level of relevance to the business and maybe a higher likelihood that it could break or change more frequently, you could potentially evaluate that system once a quarter instead of waiting for it to break and go, oh my gosh, I just realized our revenue just dropped 30% over the last two months. You're ahead of the game and starting to see some trends where your system might be breaking. So you have to use a little bit of judgment on that. But I would say as a general rule of thumb, you want to make it a point that every system is getting evaluated at least once a year. That helps. Okay. I want to shift gears a little bit. And I don't know how many of you are here specifically because we were going to talk um, a bit about the impact that systems have on your people and, and the culture. And by the way, you know, I, I really am not just about systems because your culture, I, I like to say, how do you create a systems and culture driven business? Because there's two sides to this. Your, your, your systems discuss and address the right way of doing things. Your culture ensures that you have the right people. So there's the right way, there's the right people. And we know that we're having some challenges, as I mentioned before earlier, you know, within the environment, uh, within the work world right now, where employees, because they have a heightened sense of uh, opportunities or a sense of opportunity out there, lots of jobs, perceived jobs out there, they're much more apt to be willing to make shifts to go someplace else. And this is where having a better understanding of what's really important to them and having systems that can address those issues or recognizing how systems address those issues is important to discuss briefly today. So one of the things that I've observed through the work with my clients and just observing the business world is that the impact of systems on your culture can, can have many different benefits. Number one, when you have, let me put it this way, employees want to succeed. They want to do well. And, uh, and most of us have probably been employed before. We, we know that feeling of, I want to do a good job. I want to know I'm succeeding. I want to know I'm performing well. But in the absence of having a systems-driven business, you might say, well, I, I believe I'm putting in my best effort. I believe I'm doing what I'm supposed to do, but there's no quantifiable way of knowing that for a fact. If a business says we are committed to, to creating a high-performing business, that means that the individuals in the business have to be high-performing which means their systems have to be high performing. So it stands to reason that employees that are operating within a systems driven business are going to have opportunities to perform better in their environment. So take a sales environment. Businesses that have great sales systems have employees that outsell. Businesses that have great um, uh, efficient systems for doing their payroll get payroll done faster. They get it done more accurately. They get it done more thoroughly. And the employee gets recognition for performing better. Within a systems-driven business, because we're no longer winging it, but we can actually put in place a growth track and a plan because we know that once I've got a scalable system, scalable business, I am now free to make the decision, do I want to 
turnkey, as somebody mentioned earlier. Do I want to create a franchise? Do I want to just expand my business and own corporate entities? We're no longer struggling with how are we going to grow? We can now offer growth tracks. And I can't tell you the number of conversations I've had with business owners and employees in businesses that feel like their business had limitation because they just couldn't see it growing beyond where it was. And nowadays, more than ever, people want to see that your businesses are growing. Now, they may not want to be, you know, may not expect it to become a GE or an Amazon or anything like that, but they most want to see that there's going to be continued opportunities and at very least be able to make more money because a business is not growing. It's much diff more difficult for them to have an environment where they can make more money. And that really kind of addresses what I said before about a growing venture. People want to see that they're having a, the, a venture, the venture is growing. <clears throat> and, and being systems driven also gives people to be more empowered and engaged in the growth of the business. Because no longer are we saying, we're going to do it to you and tell you how to do things here. We're going to ask you to engage in the process of helping our business get better by helping us improve our systems. So through this process, we're able to have more meaningful conversations with employees that are very relevant to what's going on in the work world. So as you're recruiting people, as you're currently employing people, you can have some of these conversations and show them why the systems-driven environment is going to create a more fulfilling workspace for them. So does that make sense to you guys? I would say yes. I don't see anyone else popping in the chat though. So yep, okay. now we're getting some yeses. There we go. Yeah. Okay, good. All right, so now let's talk about some critical steps in becoming systems driven. So I'm, I'm, I'm busting out the nuts and bolts and I'm gonna walk through this process with you. Um, first and foremost, and I think many of you just by virtue of you being here and agreeing that it makes a lot of sense. The first step in this process is the conversation within your business and within your head has to change substantively. You have to begin to recognize, as we said before, that the key to success to your business is dependent on your quality, uh, on your quality of your systems. And if you want to improve your business, you have to be improve, continually improving your systems. So that conversation um, changes. I'm going to share with you in a moment a story about uh, one of my clients that changed the conversation and went through the process that I'm going to share with you right now and had a massive, massive impact on his business that he could never imagine happen, happening. So the first step in the process is building your systems list. I also call this your master systems list or your index. And I don't know if Chelsea was a part of it when, because uh, I worked with Cahoots a number of years ago, but if she wasn't a part of it, she's definitely been subject to being a part of a business that's systems driven. When I first sat down with the owners of Cahoots, I said, we need to make a list of all the systems that make up your business. And there's a couple of different ways of doing this. You can sit down, get out a, a bottle of wine and just start to literally write down everything that you do in your business. Not how you do it, but what you do. Like we answer the telephones, we give tours, we, we put on workshops, we, um, uh, we talk to people about membership opportunities, we hire employees. We place ads for our services. We do all of this and they start to make a list. Now that's one way of doing it. Another way of doing it is going to all your employees and have them keep an activity log for a week. 
Very simple. It's not asking them to write down how they're doing it, but what it is you're doing. It doesn't matter if your list ends up with 10 systems or 200 systems. You start with the list and that becomes your index or your table of contents to orchestrating and managing this process. Let me say that again. This step here is what you manage to manage this whole system development cycle that I was talking about. And there's lots of different ways you can put it on an Excel spreadsheet. There's a platform that we have called Yoda that you can put it in. There's lots of different places you can do this. You can do it in Google Docs, wherever you want to place it, but it becomes a master list of all your systems. Step number two, by the way, if you guys have any questions along the way, feel free to pop them into the chat as I'm describing these, uh, some of these steps here. Step number two, you've got to create a template. Template's very simple. It's like, what, what are you going to have as your key elements on your system? Well, you're going to have your system name and you're going to have what we call your system result statement. Very, very important part of the process because many times I've come into businesses that said, yeah, we've been trying to document systems and get that going. And, or we did that once with an employee and they did a few systems and they hand me a piece of paper and at best it maybe has the name of a system on there. And then it's got a bunch of information about maybe some steps, some information, maybe some screenshots, but it doesn't really tell me much more than that. And it makes navigating through the system development cycle very difficult because in the absence of knowing what the result statement is, how can I possibly know if the system is performing well? So I'm going to give you a really simple example. And people seem to love this. I don't know why. It's really simple. And everybody then contacts me and says, so, so talk to me about the way we should be answering our telephones. It's really kind of funny. But anyways, I had a gal working for me a number of years ago. I hired her to do some administrative support and said, hey, by the way, while, you're, while we're you know, getting started with this, I want you answering the telephones. She goes, well, how do you want me to answer the phones? And I said, I don't care. And now most people, I can see Chelsea's expression. Most people are surprised to hear me say, I don't care because I'm kind of a control freak. I'm not really a control freak. I just like good results. And so I said, I don't care how you answer the phone. I care about the results. And what I mean by that is this. I want everybody who calls our company to feel like they're the most important person in the world and that their call is handled professionally and promptly. Most important person in the world handled professionally and promptly. She goes, I get it. Now, I don't know what your experience has been with people answering telephones in your business, but you know, I've had a lot of years working in business and I've had lots of people answering telephones. And over the next three weeks, the, my employee's name was Aaron. Over the next three weeks, I had more unsolicited comments from people that were calling the business about the quality of Aaron answering the phones than 20 years business experience before that. Like every, I'm not exaggerating when I say every single call that came in, they were like, oh my gosh, this gal is amazing. She's wonderful. I'm going to steal her away from you. Can you have her come and train my people? Where did you find her? And after, you know, two or three weeks, I sat down there. I said, have you always been this good on the phone? She goes, I've always been comfortable, but it wasn't until you told me the result of this process that really got me thinking about how can I produce that result? And she started treating people very differently. Then she documented the system. So every system has to have a result statement. 
You're going to have your list of who's responsible for operating. You're going to have information like when should you evaluate it again and some of those fundamental things. And then you're going to have your action steps or the procedure itself, the process, the policy that is sure to produce the result identified in the result statement. So that's your template. Number uh, four, determine where you're going to house your systems. Are you going to put them in three ring binders? Are they going to go on Google Docs? Are you going to find an application like Process Street or Sweet Process or Yoda where we have, or these different applications out there where you can store your documents. You can put them on your S drive, your D drive, or whatever your drives are called. As long as people know where they are and they can access them and they're easy to get in there and change and update those systems, decide where you're going to put that. Otherwise, you have files all over the place. It's got to be consolidated. And, and when I tell this story about Joe in a moment, you're going to see why this was so important to him. Then you're going to train and engage your team. Identify who's going to help you document your systems and train them on the process. It may not be everybody in your business, but certainly if you want to make the process go quickly, you want to engage everybody in the, in the process. Appoint a systems coordinator. A systems coordinator is the manager of your systems list. They're the person that is responsible for the delegation of the documentation of the system. So if let's say, I'm gonna give you just a, you know, a, an example. Let's say you have 10 people in your business and you have 100 systems identified. You could con conclude that you're gonna have one, each person document about 10 systems. And you might say, well, we're going to have each person document one system a week. So with that being said, your systems coordinator is the one that's managing that process. It shouldn't take more than a couple hours a week, but it, it, I'll be candid with you. It's not the business owner's job unless you're a solopreneur documenting your own systems. It's, it's best suited if you have somebody else in the business that's driving that process and keeping it going. And this is what you tell them. We're not stopping it until I say we stop. Because remember I said earlier, you're gonna bump into some challenges with, hey, we're really, really busy. We got all these projects and stuff. It's okay, you can document one system a week per person and get that process done. So your systems coordinator manages that process. Then you're gonna create your initial documentation plan as I just kind of laid out, You know, how many systems do we have? How many systems are gonna be documented per person? And you initiate that process. And then you make sure that you have established evaluation and innovation systems or protocols in place. Uh, I'll tell you, I talked a little bit about the evaluation protocol. The innovation protocol might be just a group of three or four people that sit down with the two or three systems that you're gonna innovate that month and sit down and say, what can we do to make these systems better? And then your team redocuments those systems and then gets them reestablished into your business, if that makes sense. And then finally, you got to stick with it. So let me share with you in the time that we have, we've got, um, how are we doing on time? Chelsea, you doing okay? Yeah, we've got about 10 minutes. So, okay, yep. Okay, awesome. So um, several years ago, uh, one of my clients uh, started to go through this process. And he's in the adhesive manufacturing business in Ohio. And he started to adopt basically everything we've talked about. Uh, um, I'll answer your question in a moment, Eric. Great question, though. So, um, 
So Joe decided that he was going to embark on this journey and went ahead and did so. And um, uh, he was pretty early on in the ownership of his business. And he had an opportunity to uh, do an RFP with GE, General Electric. And so General Electric came in and interviewed him and really liked Joe, really liked Joe's operations. And um, they decided they were going to give Joe a portion of the business that GE told out to um, adhesive manufacturing or adhesive, um, or adhesive manufacturing companies in that region. Before the guy left the initial meeting with Joe, Joe said, can I ask you a question? And the, the guy from GE says, sure, what is it? And he said, why us? And because you could go to the major adhesive, regional adhesive manufacturing company, another multi-billion dollar company, H.B. Uh, Fuller, and buy directly from them. Why are you using a little guy like me? And the guy from GE says this. He says, listen, GE has its systems. And so does H.B. Fuller. And they're like two schoolyard bullies in the, in the playground. Nobody wants to revise what they're doing. And we have very specific ways we want our partners or our vendors to work with us. And H.B. Fuller is not flexible. And unfortunately, they could be getting a lot of business from us. But instead, we have eight or 10 different partners like you that we dole the business out to. And you're fortunate enough to get some of the business. So Joe's very happy about that. And he gets, you know, fairly sizable accounting. I think he gets about two, $300,000 a year of business from GE at that time. Fast forward another year, GE comes in, does their annual tour, or maybe it's a couple of years later, they do their annual tour, they re-up their business agreement with Joe, and this happens for several years. Finally, one day, they're out visiting, and they get on the subject of systems. And Joe says, you know, we've become systems-driven, and everything we do here has a system. And he started to show them the systems that he had created. And we, like I said before, we have a platform that we use on our that our clients use called Yoda. And it's a, it's a storing house for your systems, but more importantly, it's designed to, uh, to manage that system development cycle I talked to you about earlier. So Joe opens up Yoda and he starts to show GE the systems that he had created specifically for their work with GE. And they said, wow, this is impressive. And he says, well, we have a system for everything. We have a system for how we do accounts receivable and how we, how we hire and how we train. And he started showing all these systems to GE. And they looked at him and they said, Joe, never have we seen anything like this. And he says, you mean like, you know, in a small company? And he says, they said, no, anywhere. We've never seen it built out to this degree. And we're genuinely impressed. I mean, GE has systems, but not as thorough as what, he, what, they, what Joe had built. And and they said, Joe, you're going to get a lot more business from us because you showed us something that we never told you before. We can see now that your business is not dependent on you. We know that your company is going to continue to sustain and support us as a partner, regardless of whether or not you feel like it or not. See, the reason why we have to work with eight or nine different vendors is because invariably somebody drops the ball and we can shift to somebody else because it's so people dependent. But you showed us that's not the case here. And so um, fast forward a couple months, uh, 
Joe gets a R gets a um, um, new contract with GE ten times what he was getting before because of that process. Joe made some very very important decisions, and one and one thing that he noted that single most important move that he made to grow his business was to implement that level seven to make this shift becoming systems driven. And the other thing that Joe, a couple of comments that Joe made is he said, I became the CEO responsible for driving the systems development process for making sure the business became system driven. He said, that's the single most important function in his business, not making sure we're hiring the right people, not making sure our leads are being done right, making sure it's not making sure our services are being fulfilled, making sure that we have a systems driven business is what he concluded. The other thing he discovered was this, having a systems coordinator in your business is really fundamental to getting the business owner out of the day-to-day -day with the systems development process, but um, really driving that process for him. So let me answer that question that uh, Eric asked a moment ago. If there's time, would you have seen companies that reward employees for innovations that had good success, perhaps an example of what worked? <clears throat> you know, um, uh, there's a lot of different approaches. What, what the question I would ask you is this, Eric, what is your intent? Is your intent to reward people to get them to, to participate? And is that necessary? I find that asking people to sit at the table and say, we want you to be a part of helping this business grow. And the reward is, as I showed you before, the opportunities for the business to grow and, and the opportunities for increased compensation and so on and so forth, that, that's where I would start the conversation. I quite frankly, I want this to be part of the business, not, not necessarily one of these things where you, where you say, help us with this specific issue this time and we're gonna reward you for it. We want people to feel like they wanna be a part of it. And it's interesting because one of my newer clients we, uh, I got some feedback from some of their team members just the other day that, um, you know, they hadn't been invited to, <clears throat> to the table. And this group of people were invited to the table with myself and, and some of the key leadership team and said, you know, what do you think? And um, they, they felt so empowered just because they were asked. And we said, what, what can we do to create a more growth oriented track for you guys? And they had some great ideas and so, um, uh, so I, I don't know that I would start with a financial reward as much as ask your people to get involved in that. I hope that answers your question. Uh, Yoda, you won't find on search engines. It's a proprietary process that we have specifically to our clients, but I'll tell you in a moment how you can connect with me and we can have more of a conversation if you're interested in, in that. Is there a system checklist that we can model? Um, I'll address that in a moment. So that's what I've got. If you have some additional questions, uh, stick with me because I want to give you an opportunity to be able to connect with me. Um, so a lot of you have some questions and you may have varying degrees of interest in getting to know me or getting some of these resources. You can start with, so if you're really, really anxious, the number on this screen there 602-451-3639 is my cell phone. I'm kind of busy right at this very moment, but if you call me later or text me and say, hey, I was on your uh, webinar today, I'd love to connect with you and have a conversation. You can do that. Um, if you go to edensunshine.com, you will 
see there's a button on that very first, like as soon as you get to the page and it will say, learn more, click that, that will put you on my list. And what's gonna happen is you're gonna get an email from me with some resources and we're going to connect. Uh, if you've got, um, and, and I can start sending you some materials, you'll be on my VIP list. Uh, thank you, Chelsea. Uh, if you scroll down a little bit further on that homepage, you'll see uh, a button that says, um, let's talk. I think it says that. And you can actually schedule a get uh, like a meet and greet, a 30 minute strategy, or let's just talk to each other. Guys, no pressure. I'm not, I'm not going to go into sales mode or anything like that. I genuinely want to be able to direct you to the best place for some resources. If some of you are looking for some checklists or something like that, I'm happy to help you with that. Like I said, my vision is to help create a thousand systems-driven businesses this year. So I'd love to connect with you guys in whatever way you feel most comfortable. Uh, you know, at very least, if you if, if you want to just get on my email list, go to that, learn more. But if you want to uh, engage in a further conversation. I am getting ready to um, launch a digital version of our one-on-one -on -one coaching program. And so get to, if you connect with me uh, um, through the VIP list, I'll get you some information on that and I'll get you some early bird discounts and all that as we get ready to launch that as well. This has been Eden Sunshine. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you would like to connect with me and learn more about what we talked about today, please check me out at my website. It's edensunshine.com, really simple. And there's a button there that you can click. It says learn more and that's where you can connect and I'll send you all sorts of wonderful stuff that we talked about today and things about becoming systems driven.